the most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain, 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saving the greatest country in the world is not a short-term proposition, folks. We can save this great nation, but it's going to take all of us. Why? Because we are America. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us live, remote from New York. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show, and we're going to give you the truth give you the facts because we want you to be better informed to help make this a better United States of America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Kane and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. Understand you all got a uh, about a quarter of an inch of snow and you have a state of emergency now in D.C.? Uh, we got about <laughs> three quarters of an inch last night and the uh, every local Department of Transportation was more focused, evidently, on the big blizzard that we're expecting this weekend, and so yeah. they didn't put m- many, if any, salt trucks out there. And you know, a member in Atlanta, your hometown, which you know was brought to its knees a few years ago, it was basically the same thing here, and you had people stuck out on the roads until two, three in the morning and stuff like that, trying to get home. So With that three-quarters of an inch? Yeah, yeah, because it had been cold. It just went right onto the road and became ice. Okay. And there was no salt or anything, and uh, yeah, it was just not a happy time. And so there were, there were uh, uh, social media stories galore of people being stuck all over the place. And the 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 traffic map last night at nine o'clock was nothing but a big red blob all over D.C. So not only do we have gridlock in the Congress a lot of times, but we had gridlock on the roads last night. But but there is supposed to be another big storm. That's oh yeah, to be yeah. This in weekend, fact, right? my sister was just telling me the latest uh, was we could get upwards of two plus feet here in D.C. So. Uh, they're already closing schools for tomorrow, and the snow's not even supposed to begin until about 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So I guess uh, it'll be a, a weekend of, uh, of lots of snow and then probably schools closed and, and more next week. Wow. It is supposed to hit uh, some other cities along the East Coast, but fortunately we're supposed to be leaving New York before it hits here. It's supposed to be clear. Just hope that no planes get delayed because they get stuck in. But I don't think with three-quarters of an inch it affected the flights out of D.C. Not today. You'll be fine today. today. Tomorrow, that might be a different story, yeah. You got it. Herman, looking at the polls, we got a, a bunch of new ones in, and, you know, sort of it's it's a, one of those things, again, looking for trends. And uh, in Iowa, we got a few new polls over the last couple of days, two new ones out today. One has Trump ahead by one, one has Cruz ahead by two. So it's margin of error stuff. But we're still not seeing anyone jumping out of the pack. Uh, still, you know, uh, Trump and Cruz, one, two, then Rubio. There's one that has Ben Carson ahead of Rubio. But there's two of the last three polls out in Iowa had very low numbers for Rubio, and another one out today has him back up around 13. So I, I don't know what to think about that. But but no one like Bush or Christie or Rand Paul or John Kasich or anybody else is jumping up out of the pack in Iowa. And I think that's important to note because, you know, if we were sensing any kind of last-minute momentum, we're not seeing it yet. Though when you dig into these polls, you start seeing how many undecided people there still are. Now, in New Hampshire for the Republicans, the story is still the same, Donald Trump up but we're seeing some yo-yo stuff. Like, for example, we had a poll out yesterday that showed John Kasich at 20% in second place in Iowa. 
And then a few hours later, there's another poll out that shows him at six, way back. That so, doesn't make any sense. You know, it's it's got to sort of be in between somewhere there. Trump's still with a very strong lead in New Hampshire. Uh, then it's sort of an amalgam. It can be Kasich. It can be Cruz. It can be Rubio. It can be Bush. Christie has seemingly dropped a little off the pace in New Hampshire, not as close as he once was. Cruz seems to have gotten a bump, and we're not seeing any big building uh, momentum for anybody like Rand Paul or Carly Fiorina. And Ben Carson, Ben Carson in one poll in New Hampshire this week was at 1%. So wow. he's really had a drop-off there. His really only hope, I think, is to is to do something in Iowa. But uh, there, it just there's been so very little discussion. When you think about the race in recent weeks, there's been so little discussion, even at the debate of Carson or Fiorina and others, and Rand Paul, too. And, and so this is, what, 11 days to go. How about this number? The New York Times reported today, and we've, we've talked about ads so far, and how few ads have been run against Donald Trump. There, the, the, since the first week of December, Herman, the group Right to Rise, which is the super PAC that's allied with Jeb Bush, his super PAC has spent $20 million on negative ads against Marco Rubio. Wow. Let that sink in for a minute. Since the 1st of December, $20 million in negative ads have been dropped on Rubio just by Jeb Bush's super PAC. Think of where Rubio could be if he didn't have $20 million dropped on his head like that, yeah. along with others who are running ads against him as well. So that's, that's pretty amazing when you look at it. And, and yesterday, uh, I dug into some other poll numbers, and we've talked about this before. The breadth of support for Donald Trump is really something when you look at the national polls. There's only one guy who is able to draw from all quarters of the Republican Party like Trump, and that is Rubio. But everybody else is sort of skewed, you know, like the sense of Cruz has most of his support on the more conservative side of the party. Jeb right. Bush has most of his, you know, sort of on the more moderate side of the party. But when you break down the numbers for Trump, there was uh, several polls out in recent days that demonstrate this. Here is one from Monmouth, a national poll. It said that Trump gets 35 percent of his support from people who call themselves very conservative. Trump gets 36 percent support from people who call themselves somewhat conservative and 36 percent from those who call themselves moderate. Now, Herman, if I had told the Republican Party that I could construct a candidate who could appeal all across the spectrum, not just with one side or the other and playing off, you know, the moderates against the conservatives or anything, but all across, they'd probably give us a big thumbs up. But if I had told them it was Donald Trump, they would have laughed me out of the room, I'm sure. Uh, but oh, that's, yeah. what, that's what Trump is doing right now. And, and one reason why, when you look at it, where do you go after him? Because it's not like you just undercut his his support on one wing of the party and then he collapses. You know, that's that's sort of the problem, obviously, for a Cruz or for a Jeb Bush, even a Chris Christie, is their balance sort of on one side of the party and not across like Trump. That is interesting because, as you know, there are still some people who are hoping for the fall of Trump. But with that, kind of, with that kind of appeal that you just described, that is somewhat of a surprise. Look, it's still possible. And yeah, I, mean, I know. You know. Anything can happen here. We could have a surprise result. And, and that's the thing. I think it's hard to fathom just how important the results are in Iowa and New Hampshire. And not only the momentum, but if you don't live up to expectations, the bottom can just drop out of your campaign just immediately. So anything can happen. But I will say this. I was talking with a, a friend of mine who's been covering the campaign a lot more than me and been out there. And uh, this person's view was like mine. Uh, I, I can certainly see Trump winning the nomination. I, I don't think that, you know, I, I think if people are just waiting for Trump to collapse, that's not the way you should do it. Uh, if you want Trump to collapse, you need to go out and go after him. And right now there is nobody in this race that is really running negative ads against Trump of any amount. Wow.
Well, I know that a lot of people, especially some establishment people, they did not want to see him get the nomination. I would and, say uh, this, though. I think they're yeah. ready, and we saw it with Bob Dole yesterday yeah. and, and some others. I think that they would rather take their chances with Trump than Ted Cruz. Because yeah. I think huh. that they, well, I think they look at Cruz and see somebody who is ideologically rigid, whereas I think they look at Trump and he's much more malleable. I mean, you know, I think there's a lot of people who believe that if Trump wins the nomination, that he will tack back toward the center and, you know, not he will not be a, a overly conservative type of candidate. He will be based more on sort of changing government and populism more than anything else. And, you know, that I, I, I see some rumblings again from more conservative Republicans. Uh, but, you know, so far, nobody's really tried to take out Trump, whether it's been the establishment or the conservatives either. Like you said, the other candidates, other than uh, Trump and Cruz, it's like they're fighting for third place, and they're making Marco Rubio their target to try yeah, to get into that. Well, I talked to Rubio the other day and, and asked him about Jeb's, uh, the Super PAC ads, and he said, you know, look, Jeb Bush and his allies just basically want to take me down. Their, their thought, Rubio says, is that if they can't win, they're not going to let Rubio win. And, you know, I can understand from a point what's going on here. You know, sort of Rubio, Christie, Bush, Kasich are fighting amongst each other to be yeah. the last guy standing to take on Trump. The problem is, is that by the time there's the last guy standing, Trump might already be standing on top, you know, given the, uh, the muscle uh, flex with his arm, saying, I'm the champ and I've got the nomination. It might be too late to do anything about it by then. Yeah, you're right. We haven't talked since Sarah Palin uh, announced her endorsement of Donald Trump, oh, nor since Ted, uh, Governor Branstead, said Went don't vote Cruz, for yeah. Trump. Yeah, so don't, don't what's your Cruz, assessment yeah. and see if it agrees with mine? Well, uh, first, I, I don't think that, I think what the Palin thing did for Trump was to get the buzz back to him for two solid days, and it gave him a lot of attention. I don't think there's this monolithic block of votes that goes with or against Sarah Palin, so I'm not sure the endorsement did that much there. You know, right. there's a few people that'll say, yeah, I'll vote for Trump now, and a few people that'll say, you're kidding, I can't stand her, I don't want to vote for for him. So, uh, to me, it's it's sort of a wash. But to me, the bigger thing for Trump was he was back in, in the buzz. You know, he was the center yes. of attention again, and, you know, uh, Cruz had, had taken away that focus at the debate last week and, and kept it through the weekend, and Trump really gained it back with that. So I, I'm not sure it's a, it's a big-time thing, but it certainly got the media focus back on Trump, and that's what he excels at. Now, the Brandstad thing against Cruz, I think, is very interesting. I think that can be looked at two ways. One, it, it's right in the wheelhouse of Cruz to stand around and say, look, the establishment, they want to get rid of me. They don't like me. And that only energizes his people. On the other hand, boy, is it a reminder of how big that local politics and the deal with ethanol and corn is in Iowa. Oh, and those yeah. subsidies from the federal government that even, you know, we all, the Republicans always like to say it's only the Democrats who are big into government handouts and everything like that. But, you know, that's a pretty big gravy train coming to the, uh, to the state of Iowa and one that has been a, a third rail of politics for anybody to touch over the years. you got to give Cruz credit because I saw him do a, another interview as late as last night where he said, look, uh, that's my position, and yep. I'm the only candidate that has come out and been honest about long term. I don't think those subsidies ought to be there. So yeah, he whereas Trump he, and others are yeah, all for them. They are for it. So he didn't try to walk it back. He said, hey, that's the position that I have. You know, and that's been one of the things over the years. If you have dared to go against the subsidies or to find a way to phase them down or something, it has hurt you politically. Yep. Uh, but, uh, you know, Cruz is one of those people that says, you know what, this just does not make financial sense. But I don't—it it may 
have a negative impact on him, and I'll, we, we'll just have to wait and see. But I doubt if it's going to have a big impact on him in his national numbers. No, I don't think so. Most people have no idea what the ethanol subsidy issue is all about. But in Iowa, it's you know uh, this has been more of a national race, but it is one of those big local type of issues. Cruz has been holding. I mean, you know, you look at the two polls that came out today in Iowa. One has Cruz up two. One has Trump up one. Uh, we had one out earlier in the week that had, I think, uh, Cruz up just a, a small amount. So he's still in the margin of error there with Trump. And it's a pretty important thing, I think, uh, if if you're going to prolong this race. A Trump victory in Iowa, I think, would be followed by a Trump big victory in New Hampshire. And then we're starting to talk about whether the nomination fight is almost over. A Trump, uh, uh, a Cruz win in Iowa uh, definitely, I think, slows things down. You got it. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. And, uh, see you, Herman. Stay out of snow trouble. Yeah, and hope your travel goes well. We'll see you, buddy. <laughs> You're listening to the Herman Cain Show.